One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Going on with CM Punk and AEW. I am Luco in DAT. This is Tempest. We are two thirds of the Blackpool Content Club here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on this video because peeling back the curtain somewhat, uh, Tempest. This is the uh, the third time we've attempted to record this video. Sure is. Because on Wednesday, we recorded the episode as we normally would. I say normally would, it's only our second week of doing it. But we recorded the episode and we talked about the NXT and NXT UK situation coming off mm -hmm. the back of Heatwave. Uh, and then, you know, Wednesday evening, we were like, yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty good. We're, we're set to go in that on Friday. Then, you know, Dynamite happens. And all the CM Punk stuff happens on that episode. And they announced that they're doing the John Moxley Punk match on next week's episode of Dynamite. So you and I, Pete's not here, by the way, which is why it's just the two of us. So but you and I said, right, well, we need to talk about this because that's that's the big talking point of the week. So we recorded an extra bit to go in front of the NXT stuff. And then Thursday evening, this report comes out about CM Punk and WWE announced that NXT UK is effectively closing down and going on hiatus, which made everything that we'd recorded basically redundant. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> so this is why we try different things and sometimes pre-recording a podcast doesn't work yeah and then sometimes we have to do it the day of but it's just another chance for me to sit and talk with you oh which is always a lovely thing to do isn't it yeah even though today has been a terrible day for us to come in because of train strikes and stuff I hate the, city. <laughs> the city's fine it's just that we've got a bit of an issue at the moment and you know let's not get into any of that anywho so let's dive into all of the CM Punk stuff. Maybe yes. we'll get into the NXT UK stuff as well, because I think there's a lot of interest. In that. Like they've released 20 wrestlers from their NXT UK contracts. So we like maybe we'll dive into that as well. Uh, but first off, let's dive into the CM Punk stuff. So on Dynamite, Punk cut this promo against John Moxley to set up their match at All Out. But at the start of that promo, he called out Hangman Page. And he had this line about... The apology needs to be as loud. Uh, I can't remember the exact quote he said, but he said like basically he wanted a big public and loud apology from Hangman Page. And he said, what you're doing there isn't cowboy S, it's coward S. And it came out shortly thereafter the episode. 
couple of hours later from Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio that CM Punk was not supposed to call out Hangman Page. He went off script, as much of a script there is. He was meant mm-hmm. to go out there and call out John Moxley, but he went against the script and also called out Hangman Page. That report has now been backed up by Fightful, Sean Rossap over at Fightful, and it stems from a promo, the promo wars that Hangman Page and Punk had leading up to their double or nothing title match, where Page kind of like, and Sean's tidied up his report because he got some of his dates slightly mixed up. I mean, Bix kind of like said, I don't think these promos line up. But it essentially boils down to CM Punk was upset at some of the wording that Page used in their promos because he felt like he was sort of alluding to the Colt Cabana situation or how CM Punk is not particularly well liked in the locker room or like he is protecting the company from CM Punk and all this sort of stuff. And that's why Punk did what he did on Dynamite. He knew that Page wouldn't be able to come out. He knew that he would be able to make one of their top baby faces look like an asshole and look like a coward as a receipt for all of the stuff that Page did in his promos leading up to Double or Nothing. Boy, it's spicy, isn't it? And also, I would say, pretty stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's wrestling. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Yeah. This is, like, Major League dumb stuff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But at the same time, it's it's also very intriguing, and I'm sure will lead to another pay-per-view match unless, unless something else happens, but... I don't know. It adds a lot of intrigue into the product right now. Maybe not the intrigue that you hope to manufacture with great storytelling and everything, but it does kind of blur lines and it's it's wacky for sure. It's but very wacky. Still trying to figure out what to make of all this. Yeah, so like, you know, punk like the way that Sean writes about this in the in the Fightful report, go subscribe to Fightful Select, by the way, uh, said the Fightful were told by several within AEW that they felt the situation that unfolded on the episode of Dynamite was, quote, unfair, end quote, to Hangman Page if he wasn't aware of it. One said, quote, even if he was aware of it, what would he have done? Charged to the ring past Tony Khan, interrupted a promo he knew he wasn't supposed to be a part of. There was no way Hangman could have won in that situation, end quote. We're told that Hangman we're told Hangman Page was in the building, but haven't heard that he responded in any particular way. Those that we spoke to said that Hangman isn't a confrontational person and is generally well liked among the roster. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the case. Like this was a no win situation. Like this, the only winner in this scenario is CM Punk. Yeah, because Punk is the one that's in control. Punk has made one of the biggest baby faces on the roster look like a coward. Now you could argue. That's bad business, and that's not a great look for for AEW. It's not a great look for Paige, and in a way, it's not a great look for Punk either. And I just, I, I don't know outside of personal beliefs what you've achieved out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's the people that will watch Dynamite and not necessarily check Twitter or check Fightful Select or check any of these reports that'll just watch that and be like, oh well, yeah, you've you've made Hangman Page look look like a a geek you know and not dive into oh it wasn't scripted and or it wasn't part of the plan or whatnot maybe those people have a a bit of a different reaction to this but yeah i i keep getting brought back to i think cm punk did uh, an interview with like sam roberts back in like 2013 
And he said that Vince McMahon told him that he was the hardest wrestler to deal with after Shawn Michaels. And there's a lot of comparisons to be made between CM Punk and 90s Shawn Michaels. For better and for worse. And I, I like wrestlers are going to have attitudes and there's a lot of very nice wrestlers and everything. But there's also some wrestlers that'll do this sort of thing. And I mean, it's not like a secret that, you know, CM Punk has been less than popular at times with people. You know, he's been hard to work with with certain people. So, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that much. No. I think a lot of people that are getting up in arms about this and being like, oh, Triple H is right. Punk only cares about himself. <laughs> it's like, they just like anytime some negative CM Punk news come out so that they can just tweet out that one video of a 20-second clip of a promo that was 10 years ago or something. But I don't know. I think it could lead to good business. Because, again, I think this could just be something where the people involved will get over it and then probably go on to make even more money in a bigger match. I don't know that that's going to happen, but that would be my guess. Yeah, it's just, it's like, I went back and I watched all the promos that Paige and Punk had. Like the ones they had in ring together and the one that Paige did on his own. Mm -hmm. And really, like, I don't think that Paige said anything that was massively allied. Maybe there was more like coded words in there that we sort of like the, the Joe Schmo public wouldn't have picked up on. But it's not like he was name dropping Colt Cabana. Like obviously, there's the mm. connections that Cabana's part of the Dark Order, and Page has got connections with the Dark Order as well. But like, it wasn't like he went out there and was like, "You screwed over Colt Cabana during the the lawsuit and stuff." Ooh. Like there wasn't anything like that, really. You watch the Eddie Kingston promo, and that's way more fiery against Punk and like and Punk as a person than anything that Page said in any of his stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I went back and rewatched them again, just kind of looking like, did I miss something did here? I, exactly. Where did this kind of come from? And I really couldn't find it. So I am, again, just sort of at a loss at where all this has sort of come from. Like, I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of people trying to, to look at this from more of like a work perspective. Like, well, what is the purpose of this line in a promo it's like well hangman page hasn't been involved in the aew world championship scene in a few months basically since losing the title maybe this is a way to like oh put his name fresh in people's mind in regards to the aew championship situation and yeah that would make sense if it was sort of like a more planned out thing but otherwise i, I just I'm, I'm just totally at a loss. Yeah, and this, this is what Sean wrote here. Sources yeah. familiar with the situation claim that CM Punk has often verbally expressed his displeasure about things, including recently so blatantly that he thought they might end up quitting the company. Those to him said that he might have almost decided to stay home instead of coming to this week's episode of Dynamite, but don't think he would have quit. We haven't been given any indication that he plans on leaving AEW, but one veteran said that they've heard of threats being levied now sean does he puts an edit and an update saying that any aggregating website stating that punk quote threatened to quit do not reflect this report any saying that punk threatened to not show up because of the months old issues do not reflect this report we don't have any information or know definitively what led to that as far as uh, who didn't know the hangman aspect of the promo was coming no staff were aware of it happening we're also told hangman was supposedly unaware as well so sean is saying that nothing in this report is saying that Punk threatened to quit AEW over the Hangman page promos or right. anything like that. 
But there are, like, he does write in this that, you know, one veteran has said that he, that uh, threats were being levied, that he has shown displeasure, kind of stemming from the Hangman Page promo and presumably from other stuff that's happened as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is not the bit where I want to speculate about what is CM Punk upset about, but you look back over the last year or so, and I'm like, trying to find where the bits are going to come from that would cause something like this. You yeah. Know? And maybe you would think if he was having promo battles every week that were like the Eddie Kingston one, where it was like, you could tell these guys kind of don't like each other, but are working it and everything. But yeah. if he's if he routinely is having these shots sent at him, maybe that would be grating after a while. But I mean, I don't really see it. I don't know where like, it's coming from. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Like almost every feud that he has had in AEW has had some form of like you're difficult in the locker room and like you know we did that interview with Eddie Kingston and there was part of me that I just couldn't tell whether it was work or shoot I think it was always a shoot like Eddie was just like I don't like the guy and I think because mm -hmm. Eddie Kingston is such a, like he wears his heart on his sleeve I was like yeah he doesn't like Brian Danielson he doesn't like Claudio he doesn't like Punk because he's got his close circle of friends and that's the guy that Eddie is but there's been all of these promos and stuff levied against Punk. And you go back and watch all of these shoot interviews from back in the day, that sort of like mid to late 2000s, the early 2010s and stuff before podcasts became a thing, where people would openly talk about, man, CM Punk was really difficult in a Ring of Honor locker room. Man, CM Punk was really difficult in an OVW locker room. Man, CM Punk was really difficult in a WWE locker room. And you're like, maybe when you put it all together, maybe he's just a difficult person to be around. And he is, a, and we just did a Wrestle Talk Extra. It's out next Wednesday over on our Patreon page. And Ollie and I are reviewing uh, SummerSlam 05, which is the uh, Hogan Michaels one. And that was a situation where they had planned to do three matches. And then Hogan said no. So Sean pitched two. And then Hogan said, I'll only do two if I get to win both. And then it came down to just being like Hogan versus Michaels doing one match. But Hogan's side of things said that after the first match, maybe I want to do a second match. But then Sean cut that promo on Raw the following night where he was making fun of me and my feelings got hurt. And Hogan quit WCW because his feelings got hurt because Vince, uh, Vince Russo called him bald on Bash at the Beach 2000. And Shawn Michaels on the Inside of the Ropes tour that he did with Kenny was just like, you know, wrestlers have got frail egos. A lot of wrestlers, like the biggest stars in this injury, have got really, really frail egos, and they're very easy to hurt. Maybe Punk is just one of those guys that's got a frail ego, that if you say anything bad against him, he really just takes it to heart. It could be. It could and be. Like, as I get older and all of this becomes just, like, much less important, I do just kind of look at it as like, well... Can I blame any of them, really? I mean, you think about what CM... Now, granted, this CM Punk thing, you know, all the examples that you just listed with Ring of Honor and OVW, I mean, you keep going back to, like, you know, IWA Mid-South yeah. and, you know, quitting that promotion because his friend was treated poorly and stuff like that. Like, CM Punk's always been CM Punk, but his last 10 years have been kind of especially troublesome and very tiring i'd have to imagine oh yeah so as i get older the more i just kind of look at this like yeah there's a lot of people that i kind of don't have patience for but at the same time if it's something like this i was like well they are all human you know at the the Absolutely, bottom yeah. bottom line of it like 
just because you're on TV, I don't think means you have to have like a bulletproof ego and, and bulletproof feelings and whatnot. Now, Hogan quitting a company because he was called bald and and and, su and suing said company and as well. suing <laughs> said company. I mean, you could sue Vince Russo. I'm not going to be upset about that. No, but. I think that's like on one side of the spectrum and maybe we'll find out what all this is like kind of more about from Punk's side of things at some point. Maybe not, but I don't know. I, I find it just difficult to, to generalize everything because again, we don't know the whole picture on this one. It just does kind of look like a bad look for, uh, for old Phil. It does give him like, and it's... I think this comes as part of the package of being a CM Punk fan. Absolutely. Outside of Ollie Davis, I don't, I can't think of a person who was more excited to see Punk back in the ring than myself because I was stoked. And I know we were all really excited, but like from a personal perspective, I was like, I could not wait. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was there when Ollie and Ollie was in tears. We were all in tears when CM Punk came back, and I was so so excited. But part of being that Punk fan is. The excitement, but also the apprehension of like, all right, but when are the wheels going to come off here? Because it ain't going to take long. And as we've seen here, but what about a year? Mm -hmm. And the wheels are starting to, the, the cracks are starting to show, the wheels are coming off, and we are getting the CM Punk heat that I suppose we were all expecting to come. But I think part of us were like, I, I know this for me personally, I did think, I don't think it's going to happen this time. This is a new punk. He's been away for seven years. He's had time to reflect. This is going to be a very different CM Punk. As it turns out, nope. He's still Phil. He's still human. He's still fallible. And this is just the way that it is. If you bring CM Punk into your company, these are the things you got to deal with. Yes. And where I have more of an issue with this is the, and again, not what it's stated in the reports, but the the speculation or whatnot that CM Punk could have potentially quit the company at some point or threatened to quit the company or whatnot. Like some threats were levied. Sure. Let, let's, let's, some just, let's use scenario. Their, let's use Sean's words. Some scenario in which CM Punk doesn't show up for yeah. something. Whatever that is, that is where it gets particularly interesting. Oh, yeah. For me. Mm -hmm. You know? Particularly because they announced the title match for next week not for all out like the the, the lost episode which we'll call it of uh, blackpool content club which we yeah. recorded yesterday the pair of us were just sat here just trying to fathom why this was booked and there must be some big plan turns out like i mean this is what sean wrote let me just find where it is uh doo -doo 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 -doo. Ah, here we go fightful were also told that the moxley punk match for the episode uh, the 24th of august episode of aew Craigie. i'll try that again i'll put my teeth in <laughs> Fightful were told that the Moxley vs. Punk match for the August 24th episode of AEW Dynamite was a late decision. We haven't been told how late, and when we asked AEW higher-ups for context, we didn't gain any. We haven't learned the crux of what led to Punk's current frustrations that would lead to him being hypothetically not showing up at Dynamite, whether it be a change in the match, Hangman's jab back in May, or otherwise. So, is there a scenario in which Tony Khan has moved the match forward do it now, give Mox the win, and give Punk some time off. I think that is entirely possible. At I this think point. it kind of is now. This report, like, again, we don't know what the plan is for next week. 
But if we could not for the life of us come up with like a viable option for why this is happening, like a justifiable option for why you'd move it off the pay-per-view, move it up to next week. There must be some other plan at, at all out. Maybe MJF shows up. Maybe they do the Tanahashi match. Maybe they do an hour draw and then go to a rematch with a stip. Like we were comparing it to Goldberg Hogan. Right. I'm just like, why would you do this on free TV when it's one of the biggest pay-per-view options you have? This is all of a sudden a puzzle piece that Bits. exactly it doesn't necessarily make the full picture nope but all of a sudden it's like oh, you know you're, you're going through all the maybe. puzzle pieces you find this one you're like aha that's the piece i was looking for and that's why we've re-recorded this episode because this report answers a lot of the questions that we had yesterday and i do see a scenario in which mox wins the title next week and punk which would be insane as well because punk's literally just had time off mm -hmm. <laughs> he's literally had time off for his injury but or, or maybe punk just wins next week maybe it's a case of punk like if threats were being levied i am using big bucky o'hare is for any of our podcast listeners threats were being levied tony khan's like okay cool you win that you win the title next week and we can just move on to something else could be could be that as well like he's using his leverage because let's be honest if you're cm punk You've got all the cards here. He's got a you, lot of leverage. He's got so much leverage. Do you know why? Because Tony Khan sat next to CM Punk at many press conferences, pointed at him and said, this is the reason why my company is successful. If you're CM Punk, you're just like, well, cool. I'll take all of these cards then. Can he's, add another decimal point onto the next contract. Exactly. This, is all the, this is all the ammunition <laughs> I need to, have to play any backstage politics that I want. If I want to play any creative control, I'll be like, hey, dude, without me, your company isn't successful. Those are your words. So let's yeah. do things my way. Could be. I don't, there are, again, still many directions that they could go with all of this because in the whole turn a shoot into a work and figure that out, boy, would a heel CM Punk be interesting in today's day and age, wouldn't he? And it sort of baby faces Paige a lot yeah. off the back of this. If you like manage to turn this, if you manage to work this shoot into a work, there is, like you mentioned earlier, like there's potentially money to be made off there in a Punk Page rematch. Mm -hmm. Like I would have been interested in a Punk Page rematch anyway, and I really did like the story that Page started to tell towards the end of the, the build towards Double or Nothing, which is that I'm protecting AEW from you. And I like the idea of using that, like that's the heel turn the punk knees, that he was just in it for the money, which is part of Moxley's promo uh, on Dynamite this past week. But you're right, like a heel punk. Heel punk is infinitely more interesting than babyface punk. I love babyface punk, but heel punk is infinitely more interesting. And so, yeah, there is like, actually, the MJF situation is a shoot that they turned into a work. That was like, and like... <sighs> We'll get into the work shoot side of this in just a second, I suppose. But that was a shoot moment. He no-showed a signing. It messed up the day. It lost them money. He They then did the angle at Double or Nothing, and then he cut his promo, and somewhere between him not showing up and that promo on Dynamite, conversations were had that turned it from a shoot into a work, and now we are part of a work storyline. Every chance that this shoot moment with CM Punk calling out Hangman Page, knowing that he can't come out and being able to call him a coward, can be turned into a work and build some money down the line. Could be. Could be. Like, 
Uh, and now it's it gets into like, well, here's the weird speculation wrestling side of it because I immediately the gears start turning and I start fantasy booking all of this. And what happens? MJF comes back and he references the promo that Punk cut in like February, where he was like, you know, talking about can you look yourself in the mirror and say that you are a good person? And your answer at the time was, I'm trying. You know, yeah, I'm not saying that he is or he isn't or anything like that, but that is so much ammunition for storytelling. And if they're able to, I think the only way that this doesn't get turned into a storyline is if like Punk quits. Yeah, that that's it, right? Like because I think Tony's a smart enough guy to kind of build this. I just hope that Tony is also smart enough of a man to make this not because like the problem with Brett and Sean in the late nineties is that Vince McMahon used their real-life animosity against each other mm -hmm. to make the matches more... I, don't, I mean, actually, to be fair, when I look back at it, I don't know what he was trying to if achieve. If they had <laughs> just promoted Survivor Series as what it was, it'd be the biggest pay-per-view in WWE history. This guy's leaving, and he won't lose to the other guy. And you can't say that, yeah. but like... Hey guys, like, these two, there's something's gonna happen. But what I'm more point I'm trying to get to is that like Vince knew that Brett hated Sean and yeah. they were having difficulties. He knew that Sean hated Brett and they were having difficulties. And rather than sit them down and be like, let's work this out, what he was doing was just stoking the fires, being yeah. going to Brett being like, hey pal, do you know what Sean said about you? Then going to Sean being like, hey pal, do you know what Brett said about you? So the point when they legit had a fight backstage and Brett pulled some of Sean's hair out. Yep. And then Sean cried about it. And then bloody, bloody, blah, we get to Survivor Series and you get the Montreal Screwjob. Vince McMahon was a, was a terrible promoter in that situation. I hope that Tony Khan could be a smarter person than that and not stoke the fires between the two of them and just get trying to work some of this out so we don't have situations like what happened on Wednesday that we can actually use and turn this into a work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because... Like, this is what Brian Alfred had to say about this on Wrestling Observer Life. This promo has split the locker room. That's never a good thing. No. That's not a good thing. You need a united front. You don't want to split locker room. This is what he said. The gist of it is, Hangman was upset with CM Punk, and he used that as part of his promo to build up the pay-per-view, that being double or nothing. Punk was very angry about that, and he's been angry about it ever since. So he came out and he did what he did. Punk wants Hangman to apologize for that promo. This has nothing to do with storyline. He went into business for himself. Hangman is supposed to be the babyface here, and Punk made babyface Page look like a coward. There are plenty of people backstage furious at CM Punk because Hangman is a well-liked guy. Everyone loves Hangman, and they felt bad for him, and they were upset with Punk. Now, of course, Punk has friends as well, and he has supporters. His supporters are angry because they believe that Hangman was the one that started all of this, so why is CM Punk taking all of the heat when Hangman is the guy that started the whole thing? I know it's wrestling, I know that people think that everything is a work or that this is an MJF deal, I'm telling you, I've talked to so many people, it's not, this is a real situation. God, wrestling is just high school, isn't it? Isn't it just? Like, you read that and you're like, guys, grow up. He like, started grow. it. Ex- that's exactly it. It's what I would have said about my brother when I was a child. Like, don't chat at me, mum, he started this. Mm-hmm. And this is what we got here. Grown-ass men adults being like, no, he started it. Well, I think Punk did the right thing going out there. No, no, Hangman's right. CM Punk, he's the right guy. And you split your locker room. You need to find a way to bring all of these boys together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, maybe because, not. I mean, you know, as you go onward throughout AEW's history, I mean, the the wide-eyed optimism for was like oh it's the promised land everything's gonna be better all the locker room's gonna be so happy because they're all being used well as long as that goes on that's that's not gonna last just in general there are gonna be frustrations and whatnot but you don't want it to be an issue where all of a sudden it is like an us against them click against bsk really tumultuous locker room type deal You don't want that. You can have people being frustrated with different things. Not not everyone can be friends. Not everyone can be friends. Not everyone's going to be happy at all times. But an issue like this could become worse as it develops. It snowballs. Yeah. That's why I brought up Brett and Sean earlier, because you don't want a situation to boil over into that and split your locker room. Mm Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, Punk's deal that he said on his promo on Dynamite is that the public, uh, the apology has to be public. So if that is CM Punk's stance, the way that we move past this situation is if Hangman apologizes for what he said in a public setting on an episode of Dynamite, I guess. Is that the way that we're going to... How do you figure that into how a storyline? How do you do that? How Hangman do you send Punk- your top baby face to the ring to apologize after getting punked out on TV. Literally and figuratively. 
<laughs> that's a bizarre thing. I don't know how you do that. Mm-hmm. But that is clearly what Punk wants. That is clearly Punk's full stop underlining of this. Because if, if this was just a wrestling angle, yeah, yeah, yeah. if this was a wrestling angle, you'd send Hangman Page out there and he'd cut the promos like, yeah, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. Yeah, and do like the disingenuous apology. You do that, you will quit. I don't know that, but like, I don't think that would make the situation better. No, it's not, no. I, and it Options brings, are limited, man. And so it brings up the conversation of, is this a work? Like, because that is everyone's answer to every situation that happens within wrestling because wrestling fans don't want to be worked or they don't want to be the person. And I'm not saying this is a a blanket term for every wrestling fan, but there are a group of wrestling fans and wrestlers, I would, I'm going to add to this scenario, that don't want to be worked. They want to be the smartest person in the room. To his dying day, Scott Hall will tell you or would have told you montreal was a work mm-hmm. you sit down kevin ash and you ask him now he will tell you that montreal is a work it's not <laughs> and, it, and it's categorically proven that it cut that it wasn't a work because it led to nothing but they don't want to be the people that because if it then came out that it was a work they can be the smartest people in the room they'll be like told you it was a work man like mm-hmm. I, I knew all along it was a work man and if this turns out to be a work there's those group of wrestling fans who'd be like i know i didn't get worked because i'm smarter than the average wrestling fan mm-hmm. so you it's built this kind of thing where there's a group of wrestling fans that don't want to be worked or don't appear to want to be worked but as far as we can tell everything around this and the mjf situation that everyone believed that was a work as well you always got to ask yourself what question to what end? Because mm-hmm. if the MJF situation was a work, a ter- oh sorry, it was a uh, a work, a terrible work it was. Because you know who ended up looking real bad off the back of this? AEW, MJF, and Wardlow. Yeah, Wardlow's run and the end of his two year storyline with MJF was completely bollocksed because of a quote unquote work. And he's not really recovered from that since. He didn't get the big Batista push off the back of it because the the match that happened at Double or Nothing was what it was. And everything was just actually just focused around MJF. And MJF's promo afterwards completely overshadowed everything. So that work achieved nothing if it was a work, which is why it wasn't a work. It was a shoot. That's never become a work since. Right. right. But it, like it hasn't helped Wardlow in any stance. I don't know who this helps either. Because it sure as hell doesn't help Hangman Page. No. It sure as hell doesn't help Punk versus Moxley for next week. So to what end would this have been a work? Right. I, I think it's just the general answer for the reasons that you gave as to why everyone's like, nah, it's a work. Because everything in wrestling has to it's be a work. work. Yeah. And my my answer to this, because I don't I don't want to be worked except when I do. My answer to that is just I give no opinions about the MJF situation until it's resolved. Until we get some tell-all podcast in yeah. like five years, I'm like, I refuse to be worked. I'm not saying a thing about it. I all I can tell you is I've seen the plane ticket. Yeah. Well, I, that's the thing. Like, I whether or not he was going to get on that plane, or whether or not he might have just bought the plane ticket. All I know is I have seen with yeah. my own eyes the plane tickets. Right. That I know is legit true. As in in regards to that, and then by extension, this. I think again that this is a shoot situation. That hopefully, if you know, tempers can be quelled and and everybody can get on the same page, that this will be turned into a work and they will make money. Yeah. 
Ideally, that's the scenario. Which is what happened with MJF as well. Exactly. And with the MJF situation, there was a lot of talk. You know, I know, I know Dave Meltzer said a, a lot at the time that there are those who look at MJF as like, well, he's this generation's Brian Pillman, where you don't know where the work and the shoot start and stop. And that's where it gets really interesting. And it's a big old gray area that's very fun to to talk about. But yeah, when you're when the Internet wrestling culture now is just, yeah, it's a work. It's really tough to find the line and point to it. It's like, well, that's where it was real. That's where it became a work and, yeah. and, and everything. And this is, I think, going to be a very similar situation. Because you can look, you can skim, skim through that uh, Hangman Page promo and be like, where did it happen? Where are the, the Nexus events that led this to this event? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But like, it is a, a bizarre situation that we find ourselves in. And it meant that I I don't know whether or not the, and I you know Sean said that he's not sure either whether the title match being brought forward oh two weeks to free TV has anything to do with all of this but I've got to feel that it has have to because so, I have right? to think so because there's no other reason unless of course we watch next week's episode and there's some big thing that happens and you're like ah that's why you did it we got worked we got worked brother like and maybe and do you know what. And I that's great. I say this every single time. If I got worked, great! That's wonderful! So the point of wrestling is to work me! Exactly. We're marks! We don't want to know what's happening. I, I want to be surprised. Being worked is a wonderful thing! Yeah. That's a brilliant thing! That means I sat here for an hour talking with one of my favorite people in the world, talking about like this, like it's a real thing. Good! That's great. Also, it means like if we get worked brilliantly, and I, I've got to be honest here, this is completely upfront and honest. When there are situations like this, as a channel, we do much better yeah. because people are interested to know what is going on. So the more that companies can do great quote unquote works like this, brilliant. Like it, it raises all ships. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy on all sides. I've seen so many people say that like 2022 has been the return of kayfabe, and it's a different sort of kayfabe. Where you know, back in the day, it's just like, well, people just believed that it was real. You know, they treated everything as if it was a real fight and real angles, real storylines, real characters, and everything. But this is where you got to introduce them to a little bit of real. And then start to pull it back into the work aspect, which is what Jerry Jarrett did all the time in Tennessee. So shout out to Jerry Jarrett, founder of TNA. I was going to say, one of the only few people. Actually, no, Jerry is one of the smarter people. Actually, yeah. Jerry was the smartest person when it came to TNA, really. Yeah. Because Jerry's idea of TNA was like, let's not hire all the idiots that closed down WCW. And then his son Jeff was like, well, I know what I'll do. <laughs> Hires Vince Russo and all the idiots that closed down WCW. But yeah, they always said like Jerry Jarrett was a master of showing you Points A, B, and C are all true. They're all real. You know them to be real. You know them to be true. But then D is not true. But you go, huh, well, A, B, and C were true, so maybe D. And that's where the kayfabe gets worked in with things. And that's what leads to people not being sure what's real and what's not. And they can get invested and they can be worked. This feels like that. Mm -hmm. You keep showing people things that are real and true, and you tell them that they're real and true, and then it continues on, and it starts getting maybe a little bit less real and true, but it started that way, and you can get invested, and it's more interesting, it's more intriguing. I think it's good for the business as long as it leads to something. That's as long it. as it proves that, you know, 
all of this was for a point. It wasn't just doing it for the sake of like, ooh, pop the rating for that MJF promo, you know, because that's not enough. It needs to accomplish something. And I hope that all of these things can accomplish something. Yeah. I really do. As long as you find a way to turn this into a work. Yeah. Like that's that's the the key to this. What we said earlier is so if you can take that moment and turn it into a work, brilliant. It's dollars and cents. That's a great thing to do. If it just if it boils under and it becomes something else and it leads to one of them leaving, then it was all for now. And I don't and it, and it was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting. Pro I mean, I'm super excited to watch. I mean, I was excited to watch next week's episode anyway. And I don't know if like this story has made me more excited to watch next week's episode because I was already like so intrigued. Mm -hmm. But I am massively intrigued to see what happens next week. I'm gonna be so interested there's some possibility that like cm punk will come out and get booed i don't know how That's many be, people what, in the, the crowd like the crowd reaction to this how many people are going to know all of this it is kind of inside baseball but the aew audience though i've got to think is like 90 percent inside baseball they are smarter than the average bear yeah you know <laughs> I don't know. There's a really interesting direction that this could go just based off of the reaction, both from the company and from the crowd. And it just makes me want to tune in to see it. Now, of course, as I said in the last episode and my conversation that I had on the AEW podcast with Adam yesterday. Which was very good, by the way. You can watch that. Thank you very much. And I've lost my point immediately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> As I said on the AEW podcast yesterday, dot, dot, dot. I'm very excited to see this thing, but I like the, the title match being next week. And I was very excited to see it, but in more of like a watching through closed fingers, I hope they don't break it. <laughs> children running around with a knife in their hand sort of way. Yeah, where yeah. it's not the, ooh, I can't wait for the next step in the story. I can't wait to see... Kenny Omega and Hangman Page against FTR because I know something's going to happen and I don't know what, but whatever it is, it's going to be a good direction for this story. This is like, I really hope this isn't one of those times that yeah. you look back on and be like, and that's where it went wrong. And that's where it all went nipples north. Yeah. Because you can do that with WCW. There oh, were a yeah. handful of moments during the, like, you know, a three year period where you can be like, and that's where things, that is where one wheel fell off. Yep. That's where another wheel fell off. There's a there's your third and there's your fourth. Yeah. And like and actually, I mean, there's probably multiple wheels. They had like you know big eighteen. Yeah, it was like an eighteen wheel. <laughs> like wheel. Wheels that were forming. <laughs> up. It's like every couple of weeks on Nitro. Oh, there's another wheel. Yeah. Every thirty-two man double elimination tournament, another wheel comes off. <laughs> every, you lose the spare out of the back. Every Vince Russo reset <laughs> button. Every Nick Patrick not being able to do a fast count. Every Hogan backstage bonds thing. And all of these wheels just falling off everywhere. Oh, well, there's an interesting podcast to be had there. Yes, there is. That I think most people have already done. I just wanted to do one myself because I've, I want an excuse to go back and rewatch all of like <laughs> 98, 99, 2000 WCW and read all the observes and be like, and this is where this fell apart. Yep. This is the moment that WCW not quite died, but got a little bit more sick. <laughs> got a little bit more dead. <laughs> Death by a thousand backstage incidents. <laughs> Uh, lastly, we're going to quickly discuss the the NXT UK situation uh, because we did the, the the first podcast we did this, the first take of this. It was off the back of Heatwave, where five people from NXT debuted. You had Gallus show up. Probably a good thing that episode does go up because we just buried Gallus for yeah, an hour. <laughs> like, we sure did. We were real mean about Gallus. Uh, and Tyler Bates showed up with the uh, WWE United Kingdom Championship, a title that, in continuity, he hasn't won yet. 
and Blair Davenport, the former B Priestley, also showed up on the episode. We went into a bit of speculation station. I went full out, and I was like, this is the end of NXT UK. This, this brand is dead. You were about half right. I was about half right, because I'd seen some other things. Like BT, where they'd filmed at the BT Sports Center, they'd cancelled all the upcoming tapings that they had for them, and there were no other tapings announced. PW Insider had said that maybe they'll do them in Orlando. I made a joke about the news. What a great way for a UK-centric product to be filmed in Orlando. Yep. Uh, and I'd seen a couple of things as well that led me to believe that the company was not being pushed or promoted, not even by BT Sport, which is the home of NXT UK. And we, yes, it turns out I was more or less half right because they announced that NXT UK is going to be, they've rebadged it, you fool, to NXT Europe. NXT UK is going on hiatus. They're not going to be doing any tapings until the following year, and they've renamed it to NXT Europe. So they're trying to put WXW out of business now. <laughs> Which they were already just like, well, now we kind of partially own them, brother. Like, might as well just close, them down. close down a bunch of UK indies. Why not shut down some of the European ones as well? Mm -hmm. It looks like Triple H is back on his global localization wagon again that he was trying to do a handful of years ago with NXT Japan and NXT Saudi Arabia. NXT UK was the first step of that. He wants to do NXT Mexico. Maybe this is like this is the first stage of global localization 2.0. Maybe I well, it's really hard for me to gauge any of this because you look at NXT UK now and it'd be like, okay, it didn't work. It accomplished their goal of putting World of Sport out of business, but. Well, yeah, it's, it's the only reason that WOS... And actually, I, I don't know if NXT UK is fully to blame for the WOS sure. thing, but like the whole reason NXT UK exists is because WOS got a really good DV deal with yeah. ITV, and that's, that's the TV deal that WWE really wanted. They were desperate to get on ITV and could not get on that channel because ITV wanted WOS instead, and then when that didn't work, they opted for AEW instead. Right. Like... Maybe they didn't fire the gun, but they were standing there watching as World of Sport died, and Seven. they got what they wanted, you know? So, I don't know what more you can really look at for NXT UK, because it really didn't work, and people didn't watch it, and there were great matches and moments on it from time to time. Walter like, Dragunov. Walter Wal Dragunov, Walter Bate. Walter A-Kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mostly Walter, Walter matches. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works. And... I don't know if there's going to be like any interest from the general WWE audience into an NXT Europe. Just like there's not much interest in NXT in general at the moment. I know the rating went up for this week, which was good. Good for NXT. But, but it's a special episode. It's a special episode. And just, again, many of the things that we talked about on that pre-recorded podcast that you'll never get to see now is like... What do you do with NXT? Because you can't necessarily sign the big free agent stars and have them show up in the crowd and then they go to NXT and they have their two-year run and they get to be North American champion, then NXT champion, then off to the main roster. Now, if you're going to sign with WWE, it needs to be incentivized that you're going to get a good contract and a good push and be in a good spot. Maybe not necessarily like right away you need a good push, but I don't think... Any of the guys that could potentially be taken away from AEW, you know, just for an example, I don't think you're going to sign them with the intentions of just putting them on NXT. So it then becomes, all right, who are you going to populate NXT Europe with? 
And who are you going to populate it with that people are going to have to tune in to see? Unfortunately, right now, I think that's a short list. And I don't really know what to make of NXT Europe just based off that. I don't know either because I, I found this news to be very interesting. A, like, uh, my first instinct was they've just rebadged it, you fools. Like, they're just right. renaming it because NXT UK is a dead brand. It's a dead identity and no one really cares about it. So we'll just rename it NXT Europe. We'll relaunch it. It's They've, they've 2.0'd this and we're just going to make it something else. And then they released a load of talents. And I'm like, well, okay, so... NXT 2K. Very nice. But, like, you know, I suddenly, like, they've released, like, t over 20 names, and I'm like, well, what is your idea, then? Because you've already... T you've moved five of your biggest names across to NXT, and then you've released 20 people from NXT UK, so what is your whole plan for NXT Europe? Is it, a, is it something that's got a TV show, or is it literally just a performance center-type thing? where you just go there and you just learn how to do the WWE style and then maybe you can go over to NXT and basically it's just training and performance camps around the continents and around various different continents and stuff because they have a performance center here we were invited to go down and look at it and do like a big video thing and interview some of the people down there it really led to a whole great deal but they had it and they built it they had the plan now that triple h stephanie and nick have got the powers they're maybe like cool let's revisit this and let's build these performance centers around the world they're not let's not focus on trying to get them tv deals or anything like that let's instead just use them as training centers to funnel into nxt which will then funnel into the main roster it's really odd isn't it it's really like i don't know what that really accomplishes other than okay you can do your training from home before we send you over as opposed to just okay we'll buy you the plane ticket first and then you can go to the performance center which is interesting because part of the reports around these names is that they were basically given options mm -hmm. you either move to orlando or we release you right so like maybe that's the the deal of it is just like when they are signing up all of these new names and stuff it's you know giving them that option you know it's like sign you now and you can train at home but at some point we will want you maybe to orlando and this and the other i don't know why uh all right hey whatever yeah yeah i don't know it's it's really odd because there were some really not big names but like names that i was surprised to see get released trent seven trent seven flash morgan webster and mark andrews i was not expecting any of those mark andrews i should have seen coming because mark was doing a podcast for bbc sounds that was a wwe podcast essentially it was called like my life in wrestling or something and it was him interviewing wwe talent mm -hmm. the last episode he posted was like around wrestlemania right and I, saw, and I thought, and it's weird that Mark hasn't done any episodes of this for a while. So should have seen this coming, really. And I think yeah. he probably knew that the writing was on the wall. I Well, yeah, I think the writing's been on the wall for, for a long NXT time. For like two years. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean, the list of names we've got, um, and it's funny as well, because we're going to list off these names, and I would wager 98% of the people watching this have zero clue who any of these people are. I and that, that is actually not on any of the no. wrestlers, that is on WWE themselves. Amir Jordan, Danny Luna, Dave Mastiff, Amelia McKenzie, Primate Nina Samuels, Rohan Raja, Shah Samuel, Skid Scala, Trent Seven, Ashton Smith, Jake Stars, T-Bone, Theo Man, Flash Morgan Webster, Wild Boar, Kenny Williams, Amale, Mark Andrews, Zaya Brookside, Eddie Dennis, Saxton Huxley, and Sam Gradwell. Shout out to Andy Datsun for putting Millie McKenzie as one of the answers on Fan Quizzlemania last night. 
took her hair and put it on Adam's body <laughs> and had people guess. Type not even a multiple choice option. Like mm. you had to type in Millie McKenzie. I'd never heard Millie McKenzie's name. Oh man, she was like I mean, she was actually really popular in the UK indie scene. And that's actually one of the things that's gonna infuriate me when discussing NXT UK down the line. We as a country once had the most thriving independent scene. And this company killed it. And I know there are people now, and I've heard some podcasts talking about these release names being like, thankfully, there's an independent scene for them to go work with. But let me tell you something. Ain't the independent scene there once was there. Progress can't sell out the ballroom these days. ICW aren't getting the, uh, the crowds that they used to have. Because NXT UK, on purpose, I might add, killed the UK independent wrestling scene. And it is going to take years for it to recover. And I hate them for that. I yeah. really do hate them for that. Because there's people like, you name Millie McKenzie, years of her career have been squandered because of NXT UK. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of names on here that are young talent that could have been bigger names and would have been bigger names in the independent scene and making more money that would squandered. Much more money than would have made in NXT UK as well because the contracts that I've seen for NXT UK talent, they were making diddly dick money. Making way less than, you know, like minimum wage jobs they were making. And I am angry and so upset at what NXT UK has done to this, the British wrestling scene. Hell yeah, brother. I mean, this is, this is a podcast topic for a different day. But when, uh, when Vince retired and everyone, you know, started going like, well, well, he made wrestling what I watch today. I was like, you have no idea how much I would rather live in the timeline where Vince McMahon failed. <laughs> and all the territories were allowed to thrive a little longer. And yeah, they would have died out like once television really took off. but would have been a much, much better wrestling scene for all involved other than just the one guy that made all the money. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, Vince McMahon monopolized wrestling in the United States, and then they wanted to monopolize wrestling in, in the UK. And they did that. They they largely did that. I just, mean, and failed at it, but they yeah. I, I mean, succeeded and failed at the same time. They got everyone under contract and then did nothing with it. Yeah, it, it, it pisses me off. Pisses me off too, brother. Um, so yeah, that is basically the state that we are at with uh, NXT UK uh, and and it, well, which will now become NXT Europe. What that means for NXT 2.0, I guess, remains to be seen. They are doing a Worlds Collide show. It's remarkable that they've announced this Worlds Collide pay per view and then released like half of the names <laughs> that would have appeared on that show. The, the world that is colliding has five people from it. But I guess that's what it is. Like the show will just be like um, uh, B Priestley versus Mandy Rose, Tyler Bate versus Bron Breaker, and Gallus versus whoever the tag champs are like or versus diamond mine or something yeah that sounds about right uh or you know maybe they'll bring it like hopefully rampage will be on there because rampage wasn't one of the names that was released that was the funny thing actually wasn't it like when the, the last episode we did we were going through all the names in nxt uk and i was like man look at this town that could get a shot look at this town that could get a shot all the names now <laughs> outside of rampage all these towns have since been released no more british strong style coming in trent is legit the one that surprises me the most yeah when i interviewed trent uh uh, last year or was it correct it was earlier this year it might have been earlier this year that was a guy who was so excited for the future of nxt uk so so excited could not speak more positively about the future of nxt uk and you know possibly nxt and this and the other and here he is now on the unemployed line i feel bad for the guy I feel real bad for the guy yeah, I, I mean, I feel bad for everybody that signed being, like, really hopeful 
for their futures and everything. And I'm sure, I'm sure a bunch of them had very good times and like, you know. They were very positive locker room. Yeah. They were also some of these names. Shah Samuels was a guy that was brought in during the pandemic era. Right. So he was able to get work and get money when there wasn't really much work and money going on at that point. Exactly. So you can't take, I can't take that away from them. Right. Shah, I like Shah and I'm glad he got some money. I'm glad that the people involved that had a good time were able to do that. I am also like very disappointed for everybody that went in with very high hopes and then sat at a performance center for five years. Because the people like when this news, when it first got announced, they were doing NXT UK and WWE were doing that. I was on the, the, the figure four boards, Will Campbell on there very, very eloquently said, this will be the death of the British independent wrestling scene because there cannot be an independent wrestling scene with WWE in town. And he was proven right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely 100% proven right. There were a bunch of people that saw this coming a mile off. And I feel bad for the people that fell for it. But anyway, I think that will draw this to a close. Thank you so much for watching this uh well, there's a bit of ramshack version. Of take three. Take three version with only two thirds of us here because <laughs> it's Pete's birthday today as well. So happy birthday, Pete. Everyone say happy birthday he to Pete. He didn't get to say, oh, it's my birthday when we recorded it to go out today. So now, happy birthday, Pete. Pete even, yeah, when we finished, like we went back to the office and Pete was like, oh man, I forgot to mention this episode goes out on my birthday. So we'll do it for you. Happy birthday, Chops. Uh, we'll see you again on uh, Monday when you're back in the office. Well, on Tuesday when you're back in the office. You will. But we will see you next week. Uh, in fact, Tempest, you'll see them tomorrow with the SmackDown review, so long as you can get in here. Work. Um, we, it may be one of those times we just do it as a remote podcast, because I did say in my channel update video that barring we will always be in studio unless there's like apocalypse happenings, and there may be some train issues tomorrow, so maybe a, a remote thing. But we'll, fi- we'll work out how it's going to happen. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so much for watching. Please do click the thumbs up button on this video because it really helps us in the algorithm. Subscribe if you're new to this podcast and you enjoyed this chat. Download the audio version of this show over on all good, bad, and mediocre podcast platforms. And we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. I've been Luke Cohen. Jam that jam. That's been Tempest. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.